This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. You're listening to the Mostly Harmless Podcast. Or at least you better be. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Muscle Humbless Podcast. I'm your host, Damon Damien. All right, buddies. Boy, do I have a hell of an episode for you today, because today we're sitting down and talking with one of my favorite artists, Mr. Chris Sherry. Now, of course, you may not know this, but you've seen Chris Sherry's artwork. Uh, Chris is, of course, the artist extraordinaire for The Descendants and all. Uh, not to mention he's done works for uh, like the new 7 Seconds record. He's done works with Teenage Bottle Rocket, The Lillingtons, and oh so many more over his illustrious career. Um, I'm very, very fortunate that a few weeks back I got to a chance to interview Chris for New Noise Magazine number 10, and I was just really blown away at how easy and wonderful he was to talk to. Um, we, uh, I ended up getting hired by Denver Comic Con to um, host a few events, and uh, they gave me a table, and I was like, man, this event is going to be huge. i got to have some cool new, new merchandise to sell because people are going to see me, and they're going to want to buy my merchandise. Well, that wasn't necessarily the case, but what the case was, um, I, I hit up Chris you know, pretty much immediately after doing this interview and was like, hey, Chris, would you be interested in doing some artwork for Mostly Harmless Podcast? Um, we collaborated. We came up with an idea, and the idea was based on a vintage ad from Van Camp's Pork and Beans with this creepy looking little redhead kid eating beans. And I had always wondered why um, why there hadn't been a parody design of this creepy little kid uh, eating brains instead of beans. Because man, when you see the original artwork, he's so creepy. Um, a couple days later, boom! In my inbox, there's this amazing drawing by Chris Sherry and it, it blew me away and it was exactly perfect and exactly what we needed. Of course, you know, as as me and Chris kind of talk about in the podcast today in the interview, um, it didn't really, the convention was very successful for me in a number of ways, but uh, I didn't necessarily sell as many t-shirts as I would have liked. Uh, but still, I wanted to take this opportunity and do another interview with Chris and cover some stuff we didn't cover in the New Noise magazine thing. Uh, of course, if you're interested in checking out the t-shirts, I mean, I can't help but not plug them uh, in today's interview. Um, you can visit our web store at mostlyharmlesspodcast.com. Uh, click on the store icon, buy a t-shirt, Every T-shirt you buy, I will throw in a copy of New Noise Number Ten with Chris Sherry's interview in it, and we did. We covered uh, pretty much completely different stuff in that interview. I'm very happy with it. I'm very proud with it. I'm looking at it right now, and I can't believe that man. I, I got to do that stuff. Not to mention, I also did the cover story with Andrew Jackson Jihad in New Noise Number Ten. So uh, I'm more than happy to send those out to you guys. Um, you might notice I'm talking a mile a minute. That's because I've been sitting here all day long. I've had about a pot of Death Wish coffee so far today. I feel like I can see through time and space. Now, Death Wish, thank you guys for uh, hooking me up with this delicious coffee. I wouldn't have been able to make it through those 16-hour days at Denver Comic Con had it not been for uh, Death Wish coffee. Um, they are the world's most caffeinated coffee. And, wow, I you can really feel it whenever you're sitting here at your desk drinking up you know, cup after cup after cup after cup after cup. Uh, check them out. DeathWishCopy.com. Tell them Mostly Harmless Podcast sent to you. And, uh, and, and while you're at it, while you're on the web, why don't you visit MostlyHarmlessPodcast.com. If you, if you don't end up buying a Chris Sherry shirt, that's cool. Why not, uh, why not subscribe to us on iTunes? 
Maybe subscribe to us on Stitcher if you're not an iTunes fan. Uh, like us on Facebook and uh, send me a little love letter, you know, or hate letter. I don't, I don't really mind. I don't really care. And, uh, you know, join, join, join us. Join us, friends. Sorry, I've been drinking too much coffee. I can't even think of what to say next, so I'm just rambling. Um, but again, uh, hopefully this is the first of many interviews. I, I did the interview with the Filmage guys, and that night I interviewed the Filmage guys, the guys who behind the documentary. I was going to interview Chris that night because I kind of have this weird idea that I want to work my way into deserving to, or not even deserving, but uh, have earned my way to interview the descendants. Talk to Scott Reynolds from All. He wants to do one uh, the next time he's in Denver. I've talked to... Uh, Stephen Egerton, I, I, we're going to work on getting something going with him. Um, I've kind of gotten to know Bill Stevenson a little bit, so we'll see. Maybe that's going to happen soon. But I don't want to step on the filmage guys' um, tales or whatnot, and uh, you know, because they covered amazing film and they covered a lot of the stuff that I tend to cover. And I don't want to step on their toes, but we'll we'll see. We'll work into it somehow, and hopefully, this is the first of many of the Descendants alumni. Maybe we'll get Bug in here someday and interview him. Um, I don't really care too much about doing the uh, phone interviews like today's interview, but I did want to get Chris on the line and talk to him and just uh, publicly appreciate his artwork and what he did for uh, Mostly Harmless. It's a great design, great dude, wonderful, great to work with. Um, everyone should seek him out, uh, chrissherry.com, and find him on Facebook and like his stuff because he's the best. Now, I've rambled long enough. I asked Chris uh, what songs he'd like me to bookend this episode with. And uh, I got to tell you, <laughs> what we're going to end this episode with, we should probably open it with, but we're not because whatever, it seems crazy. Uh, but he suggested that we open it with I'm the One by the Descendants from Everything Sucks. Uh, let's, let's take a listen to that and let's get to the interview. All right, we'll see you in a bit, buddies. Just good friends and you come to me for sympathy 
Hello? Chris, what's going on, my man? Hey, Darren, how you doing? Yeah, doing good. Um, sorry, I, I've had a lot of coffee to drink today, so I might start rambling here in a minute if we're not careful. Oh, hey, that's okay. I, I haven't had quite enough yet, so uh, <laughs> I have some with me. Oh, if you want, I mean, I can call you back later if you want to drink some more. Oh, no, 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 it's totally get, fine. We can get on the same level here. <laughs> I usually wait a half hour for my coffee to cool anyway. Oh, right on. So, well, cool. How was your yeah. How, yeah. Yeah, yeah? How was your uh, How was your Sunday going? Um, not too bad. It's been uh, It's been pretty pretty relaxing. I've just been um, been getting a few little drawing things done here and there, but um, pretty good actually. How about you? Uh, you know, it's good. I got up. Uh, got up about two hours ago, and I've been drinking coffee. So that's about all I've done today. Nice. Can't complain. Nice. I've had a <laughs> had a busy couple of weeks myself with that Denver Comic Con last weekend, and, and yeah, how did I, that all go? It went really, really, really well. Um, the T-shirts, you know, pe- people didn't really, because I, I had a table there, but people didn't really understand what I was doing. You know, they're like, a right. podcast? What's a podcast? I'm like, well, I write for these magazines. It's music. And I'm surrounded by all this, uh, you know, all, all these guys who, like, their podcast shows, you know, they had us lumped into a corner with all the podcasts together, which is sure. great. But all those guys were doing were they talk about, you know, movies, TV, video games. I do like, you know, I, I, I'm a nerd too, but those guys are a different kind of nerd. So we kind of didn't fit. Like yes, I'm, a music, I'm, I'm a music nerd. Whereas those guys are into comic books and movies and whatnot. First and foremost, where right. music is kind of, so it, it went well. Um, I got to do some really cool things. Like I got to meet, uh, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. I hosted a, uh, Oh, wa- I, I hosted a Walking Dead panel with uh, Michael Rooker that he took over and whatnot. Wow, and, uh, that's cool. And I, and I met a ton of cool people, and, and your artwork on the uh, shirt that you made for me uh, attracted them to my table. People would come up and be like, is this a Douglas Adams thing? And I'm like, well, yeah, kind of. That's where I stole the name <laughs> from. And and it just kind of – cool. And it worked well. Like, we gave away some Riot Fest tickets, and uh, – um, I gave away a ton of free stuff. Didn't really sell as much as I hoped, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, but your artwork really dra- uh, brought them in. So thanks thanks again for um, taking the time. To hey, do no that. problem. I was happy to do it. Yeah, and it came out so well. Um, I, I, I'll get you a couple of those in the mail this week. Um, but Chad, you know, Chad Price and his uh, T-shirt company, yeah. Wounded Hard Press, he got those done in like two days. And I was like, damn, dude. He's yeah. like, he's like, that's really good. Good time. You know, <laughs> he's um, really good about that. Like when I'm in a pinch and I need something quick, he's my man. Yeah, and um, buddies. You know, he's a buddy. Oh yeah, yeah, he's a good one. So, um, and then uh, you know, thanks again for doing that new noise magazine article. I think it came out really well. I hopefully you were pretty it happy did. with it. I was, I was very, very pleased with that. Thanks very much. Hey, how can I go about getting a few more? Um, I have a few people that have wanted to get them from me, and I, I don't even know where to point them in the right direction. Well, I'll, I'll get you the email address, Lisa. Lisa and Tony, I can get them to probably send you a whole box of them. If not, That'd be I've great, got actually. If not, I've got a ton of them. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds that sounds great. If you can just send that to me, I'll, I'll contact them and just have them send me stuff. Yeah, and they they were really excited about it too. They were like, uh, I know you shared on your Facebook page that photo of you holding it up, and they were all like, yeah. they were very excited that you, you know you were excited about it. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, all of it, you know, is, is wonderful. I mean, anybody paying any attention to, to anything that we're doing is, well, that's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> I know. I, I'm, I'm fairly excited about it. Yeah. Um. So, I, uh, if you don't mind getting started, I I mean, we've kind of already started, but, you know, um, we, we did, I did ask you some some questions for the new noise. I'm going to try to get away from doing that today instead of re- Okay. 
regretting, even though it's so tempting because you gave me such good stuff for that uh, that interview. But well, hey, whatever whatever you need is fine. But but we'll get some we'll get we'll get some different good stuff today. Okay, I hope. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, so speaking of the Denver Comic Con, like I, it, it's weird because I look back to sixteen-year-old me doing uh, fanzines in middle of nowhere, Louisiana, and then that led me to moving to Colorado and starting my own zine, which failed, which got me into this, that got me into that, and then eventually led me to hosting things and having a table and getting to meet all these cool people at Denver Comic Con, and it's 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 mind blowing the stuff that I've gotten to do, and it all started with a little zine I made. Now I look at your career, you've gotten to do some incredible things, and it all started out with a t-shirt in the late 80s for a band called The Stupids. Yeah. Is, is that the germination of everything? Is that the moment where it all began? Well, it's funny because you, know, you, you mentioned starting off doing a zine, and that's that's exactly what I did even prior to doing any of the artwork that, that had gotten published. Um, some friends of mine and I were, um, you know, we, we were heavy into skating and, and music, just like everybody else in the mid-80s. And um, so we, we got talking about it and thought, well, you know, there's there's not much representation zine-wise in, in England at the time. You know, and this is like 86, 87. So we, we decided we were going to go ahead and, and do a zine of our own. And so we did, and that came out. And like with anybody who's ever done zine stuff before, I mean, you wind up having people from, you know, literally all around the globe contacting you. And, and in doing that, I was getting, you know, you trade zines out with people. And so you're seeing more artwork and you're hearing more about bands that are in other countries and things like that. And, and that really got me excited about, you know, like looking at how are people visually representing all this stuff. And, and I had, um, you know, as I've mentioned to you before, I had been, you know, good friends with the stupids who also had done their own zines. And so, you know, it kind of all grew from this skating zine world. And then they eventually asked me to do a t-shirt design. And from there, it just, it went off. But, but really, I mean, even before that too, even before doing the zines, um, there was a record record store in Pomona, California called Toxic Shock Records. And Toxic Shock had these mail order catalogs that, that had, you know, these great illustrations on them. And they were done up, you know, kind of like an old maximum rock and roll. They were on that newsprint and um, they carried everything. And they had a huge section of T-shirts. And I just, I drooled over that, just looking at all of these bands, T-shirts, and, and just really wanting to have that happen one day for me. So I kind of like, you know, really early on set that as one of my goals. Like I wanted to do t-shirt art. And as soon as that first one for the stupids was done, it was like, I mean, it's, it's kind of addicting, you know, you, you do it and you just go, I want to do more of that. I want to yeah. do more. And so it, it's just kind of gone from there. And I think more than, more than anything else, I mean, I, I would tell people that I do t-shirt art because um, while I've got a lot of stuff that's been used for other things, I think primarily it's the t-shirt that people know me most for, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. And um, so, so, so one of the things I like to do on Mostly Harmless, the actual show, is I like to talk to people about their origins, which, of course, you just divulged a good chunk of. But I was curious, what was the first, do you have a memory of the first drawings you first did, like even before oh, the zines? What were you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, well, what, dad, why did you pick up the Okay. There yeah, you go. my dad was in the Air Force, and um, when when he was stationed in Germany, I was like three, I think I was three at the time. And uh, my brother was going to um, kindergarten and my mom didn't speak German. And, you know, really there wasn't a whole lot of people that she knew in the area. And we would just sit at home and just draw and color. 
And so at a very, very early age, you know, my my mom was just kind of bored more or less. And so she she liked drawing when she was younger, too. So she just kind of sit down and just kind of while away the hours drawing with me. And from three, I was, you know, quote, unquote, serious about drawing because I, I did it all the time. I mean, every single day I just drew and drew and drew. And then as I got a little bit older... I used to draw, I, I made all these paper dolls. They were, um, you know, I'd, I'd start off with um, with basically note cards that were, you know, uh, primary colors. And I'd draw out a body, and then I'd make the clothes, and I'd cut those out, and I'd put those on. And they were all superheroes and things like that. And, you know, I'd build up the figure from the body, and um, and I carried them around in a Hong Kong food lunchbox. And, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, so, you know, I, I played with these paper superheroes because, you know, that's kind of what we had. But I, I then also was really addicted to that and wanted to do more and more and more. And so I was constantly drawing and making these things. And, you know, um, as, like I said, as, as long back as I can remember, I've been drawing. And I think probably in middle school, I, I realized people were starting to look at my drawing and going, hey, that, that's pretty good. And I think that's when I realized, mm, I'm not too bad at this stuff. Maybe I should keep going with it. Yeah. Um, and so like you're, you're also mostly associated with the punk rock world. How did you, yeah. uh, dis- how did you discover punk rock? I mean, you were living Billy overseas. Idol. Billy Idol is the gateway drug for me. Yeah. Um, he, he totally is. I mean, it sounds silly, but you know, when I heard, um, dancing with myself, it was like, Oh, that, that's pretty cool. And it's, it's like 83 or 84, whatever it was. And, um, you know, he looked the part, you know, spiky blonde hair. And, and you know, I, I was like, okay, this guy's kind of cool. And so hearing Billy Idol, of course, you then have to go, all right, well, let's listen to Generation X, the band he was in before. And, you know, after hearing that first Generation X album, it was like, okay, this is what punk rock really is. So now I need to get into the Clash and the Sex Pistols. And, you know, and I did all that kind of stuff. I got all of the, you know, the the classic British groups. And then I very quickly got into American hardcore stuff. And that was kind of hard living in England because you, you couldn't really find stuff very well. I mean, you could find all the English stuff you wanted, but as far as American hardcore, it was it was tough to find. Discord records had good distribution throughout Europe, so it was really easy to find anything on Discord, which is why I think initially I got really into, like, you know, Scream and Rights of Spring and Embrace and Bag Nasty and bands like that because they were just really easy to find. So, um, you know, the, the punk rock stuff quickly led to um, hardcore, which, of course, led to skateboarding and all of that. And, um, you know, once once I started hearing that, it was like, this is the sort of stuff that, that really spoke to me. You know, it, it was it was a lot... It was a lot more cool than New Wave, which is what I had, you know, initially been like really excited about. But I mean, even bands like Devo, like I've never they were one of the first bands that got me super excited about music and they still are. I mean, I, I'm I'm still bummed that I, I'm gonna be missing the hardcore Devo tour because we're going to Wyoming. But um, <laughs> you know, I, even to this day they're they're one of my favorite bands. Well they're playing in Denver next week. You should just come out, hang out in Denver and see him next week. Or maybe it's this what, week. I what, actually, what day are they playing? You know, I think it, it might actually be this week. Uh, I don't know. Let me look real quick since I just happen I to have a browser open. I think it's this week because I think, yeah, I think they're going to be playing Denver and then they're going to be out yeah. in, in oh, Oakland. They're, they're on Oakland on the Saturday. They, and that's they, the day we're leaving to come to Wyoming. Yeah, they play tomorrow at uh, in Denver, so never mind. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's not going to happen. I'm, I'm glad I looked at that because I'm going to try to go. 
I'll, yeah, I'll send no, you they're, photos. they're amazing. Always amazing. Um, so, uh, you know, you obviously had a path where illustration was going to be the key, but did you ever pick up an instrument? Were you ever a music guy? Did you ever play music? Well, I've been, I've been in bands before, but, you know, I, I think... I think the idea of of spending money on like any type of instrument versus like spending money on a skateboard didn't make any sense to me. Right. And, and I figured, okay, well, singing, I don't need anything. So I always, you know, wound up singing in, in different groups. But um, yeah, I was, I've been doing that, you know, for a, for a while too. I think the, the first, you know, band that I ever done was freshman year in high school. And um, we were, you know, we just did a couple covers at a talent show. And of course, doing the Sex Pistols and and um, Billy Idol and and that sort of thing, and then you know got doing real bands where you know we're writing our own stuff and all that. But I always sang because I I just couldn't see spending money on an instrument and then the upkeep and then the training and stuff. I figured if you're in a punk band and you're singing, you don't need to know what you're doing and right. you don't need to be trained for it. So <laughs> for me, it was easy, you know. And I don't mind looking like an idiot, so that made it even easier. Well, it, it's funny too because uh, I've I've done this thing where I've tried to be in bands. You know, I've been in a couple bands here and there. I'm a singer too, but for whatever reason, nobody will ever let me sing. But uh, a lot uh, one of my one of my friends once upon a time was said, you know, Damien, we need more people like you behind the scenes instead of in the front of the scenes, and that's where they. <laughs> It it, it it sounds you know it was actually a really flattering thing. They're like you know we need more driven people to help run the things behind it, and we've got enough assholes in front, you know, kind of thing. So I, I it kind of um, you know there needs to be more. I, I it sounds like I'm trying to I'm trying to connect it to that, but uh, you know some of us are just destined to be the artists or the uh, interviewers instead of the front man. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. And I, I mean I was never exceptionally good at it or anything. Like I said, I, I don't mind looking like an idiot, and, um, you know, that was the thing that I think made what I did even remotely interesting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, just doing artwork and stuff, for me, that, that's always been my main interest and my main focus, and when my wife and I had first met, she was really nervous when I said, you know, I, I have been in bands before, because, you know, she didn't want to get married to a guy that, you know, does bands and all that kind of thing. So when when I did finally tell her, oh, we're going to this band that I have been in, was, we're going to be playing a few shows again, you know, she got really nervous. And I was like, no, nah, we're only going to play three shows, and then we're done. And I honestly am not that interested in it. So we did the shows, and that was that. You know, like, I'm, I'm not trying to do that again or anything. And, uh, <laughs> and I think that was really, you know, relieving to her so that she didn't have to, you know, deal with this guy who's, who's that's my main interest in life. And it's not. I mean, doing the artwork, that's, that's a huge thing for me. Yeah. Great, great, great. So um, going back a little bit, you spent the majority of your young adult life overseas. Yeah, all, all throughout high school. Um, okay. So freshman to senior year, we were in England. And then you came back to, you came to Colorado, you came to Denver to go to school, to college. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, my dad was stationed, um, you know, in Denver. And so we moved to Denver but the plan was that I, I wasn't going to be in Denver. I had actually joined um, the Stupids right before we moved, and um, I was supposed to be their singer. And, you know, they had, a, they had a tour lined up through Japan and all throughout Europe and Australia. And so I was, you know, I was going to help my parents move, and I was going to go back to England, and, you know, we were going to go out on tour. So at the time that it took me to move my parents to Denver, the, the Stupids really kind of lost their momentum and, and kind of 
fizzled out. And so I never had the chance to go back and do that. So I took a year off in between high school and college. But, I mean, I didn't go, you know, to Denver to go to college. But while I was there, I kind of realized I probably should go to college. Yeah. So I did. And uh, you, you became a teacher. Um, what yeah. what attracted you to becoming a teacher in this time of in this time of your life? Well, you know, I think for a lot of people, when you're getting into to punk rock and everything, the, the initial thing is, okay, how can I change the world? How can I do something that's going to make some sort of difference? I mean, at least a lot of the bands that I had listened to, it was always about you know, having this bigger idea and having, you know, this real positive outlook and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, yeah, you can be a band and you can try and do things like that, or you can, you know, actually kind of put your money where your mouth is and, and really do something, whether you're involved in politics or, you know, you're a writer or you're an activist or a teacher. I and mean, for me, it just, I liked kids a lot. And I knew that, that I really enjoyed what I did drawing. And I wanted to be able to pass that on to somebody. And, and you know, I, I know that in high school, the art classes that I had were the things that made me most excited about being in school. And if I could kind of help pass that on and, and have people get excited about being creative and having an outlet for that in an in a environment, you know, like a public school where sometimes it's not the best for kids. It, it just seemed like that was, that was a way that I could be making some kind of difference. Now, it sounds corny because it's like, you know, everybody kind of has that idea of like, I want to make a difference. But for me, I, I really kind of thought analytically about it. And okay, if I can really make a difference, how would that be? And I mean, for me, what made most sense was going into teaching. So, um, so that's why I did it in the first place. And, um, you know, it, it's been great. I mean, I've, I've been able to actually see an effect that I've had on, you know, young people who, you know, are now young adults and, and seeing some of the things that they're doing now is, I mean, it's pretty inspiring to know that, you know, I kind of helped them along. I mean, I certainly didn't change things for them, but maybe I'm excited about things. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. And so, so it's at this time when you're in Denver, you're going to school, learning to be a teacher, that you come across the descendants in what, 91-ish? Yeah, about 91 um, and, and now I, I can only assume that at the time you were a big fan of them. Um, I'm slowly, I, I'm slowly now meeting and making friends with these guys and, um, thanks, thanks. Cause I tour sometimes to drag the river and I know Chad yeah. really well. So I'm slowly meeting these guys and I'm having my Wayne's world. We're not worthy moments. Um, what yeah. was it, what, what was it like at that time to meet these guys, um, that had such an influence on you and start to work with them? Well, I mean, it was huge, of course. I mean, when when I had first heard them, yeah, I'll never, never, never forget. It was probably 85, 86. And a friend of mine had made me a copy of Milo Goes to College. And I, you know, I had this copy on tape. And I went to my parents' car. And we were out shopping. And, and I sat down and I, I put it in the tape deck. And, you know, just from the very start of that base, starting off my age, there was something, even before the vocals even came in, that, like, I, it was like almost like it's an epiphany moment where you just go, this is the perfect thing that I've been looking for. Yeah. And so, I mean, there was this really strong, immediate connection from the very first time I heard, you know, Milo Goes College. And I was like, these guys, they get me. They, they know, you know, where I'm coming from. And, um, you know, then, they, you know, obsessively listened to them all throughout high school. And then, you know, about 91, they're doing all and, you know, new singer, and, and they're finally, I'm finally able to see them touring. And when I did, 
you know, huge. It was like, this was like my favorite band of all time, and, and here they are. And, you know, they're playing at a relatively small place, but to me it was, it was huge. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And I never thought at the time that I could be doing artwork for them because Carl uh, had done all of their artwork you know, since he had gotten into the band, and, you know, Carl Alvarez is an you know, amazing artist as well. It's like one of the best bass players in the world. And, you know, I, I would never have dreamed that Carl would not want to be focusing so much on the artwork and that I would have a chance to do that. But, um, you know, when I finally met him and everything, everything kind of clicked. You know, the reason that I related to them musically was because they were writing about things that they were being very honest and sincere about. And, you know, you can't help but think if you do connect to what somebody's saying, whether it's writing or music or whatever, and it's a real sincere connection, when you finally meet those people, you probably are going to have a real connection with them. And that was what it was like when, when we had met. And, um, you know, of course, over the years, we've just gotten to know each other better and better and better, and, you know, those bonds have become even stronger. But when I first initially met them, you know, there was a really quick connection. Um, you know, apart from, like, say, Bill, who was really difficult to kind of get a read on initially. But, yeah. um, you know, you say that again. years and years later, you know, now that, you know, Bill and I are really good friends, you know, we were talking and, and somebody just had asked me, you know, well, do you remember when the first time you met those guys was? And I said, yeah, of course I do. It was in Denver. It was the Ozzetlon Theater. All were playing. They were on tour. And Bill then suddenly chimes in with, yeah, you had really long hair. I was giving you a hard time of giving you quotes from Decline of the Western Civilization. I was like, why would you remember when we first met? And he goes, I, I don't know. There was just something about you that, you know, I, I like really caught my attention. And I, he very, very clearly remembered the first time that we met. And for me, that was a huge deal. And for him to have remembered it with all of the hundreds of people that he had met on that tour, really kind of blew me away. It was like, why Why would you remember that? You know, and I know that what he was doing was he was just winding me up to see, okay, is this a, is this a person who is going to get really flustered by me being Bill Stevenson? Or are they going to be kind of cool? And then, you know, maybe this is somebody I can talk to. And it turns out, you know, I was, you know, fairly cool about things. And, um, you know, we have become very good friends since then. But, um, you know, initially, you know, I think everybody's initial meeting with Bill yeah. is like, whoa, I'm not sure how to relate to that. <laughs> It's it's funny because I met Bill at Riot Fest in Chicago in 2012 randomly at a Peg Boy concert, and oh, okay. uh, and oddly enough he was with Stacy his his wife Stacy at the time, and uh, she's the one that remembers me and she's the one that I I end up becoming I I, I want to say pretty good friends with she might tell, oh, yeah, <laughs> tell you a different story but uh you know and, and she reintroduced me to Bill every every so often and he's like okay cool right on. See you, buddy. And I want and listen to that story. It's like, huh? I wonder if he will remember me after all this. <laughs> it's entirely possible, you know, because at the time I was just like, okay, this guy is the most amazing drummer I've ever heard, and, and still is. And but yeah. he was just behaving so weird. And if you've never met him before, like that first meeting is like, oh, <laughs> I don't even know if I speak the same language as you. Yeah. But you know, he. He is you know, completely tuned into what's going on, even if he appears like he's not, which is, I mean, it's, it's mind-blowing. Yeah. 
and uh, you know, he's he's always he's like you say he's a little weird, but he's the nicest dude in the world, you know, beyond oh, yeah. that weirdness, you know. But uh, oh yeah, I mean, you know, he would absolutely bend over backwards and and you know would literally give you the shirt off his back if you needed it. I mean, he's he is as loyal as the day is long, and um, you know, I've never seen that to the degree that I I've seen it in Bill. I mean, it's it's really remarkable. I mean, he's he's really he's something else. Yeah. And now through through your work with the Descendants, you've gotten to work with bands like you know I have the spread open. So you know Old Man Markley, Seven Seconds. You're doing you're working with a lot of iconic people. Is there anybody that have surprised you by uh, approaching you and wanting to work with you? Like, do you still get surprised at this day and age? You know I I do. Um, I, and usually it's it's not like oh wow they're really big or anything. But a lot of times it's just how in the world would you have heard of me in Japan? You know, or or how would you have heard of me in in Belgium or, or wherever? So I think more than anything, it's when you know people who are from overseas get a hold of me and, and want me to do artwork for them. I think those are the ones that that really kind of surprise me because it it doesn't seem possible. And I mean, I guess you know, with the internet, you know, the world's become a lot smaller. But it it really it always blows me away when somebody from outside of the country is interested in having me work for them and. Um, it's very flattering, you know. It's um, it, it's pretty impressive when that happens. But um, you know, I think I think most of the time the, the bands that are getting in touch with me or that I'm I'm getting in touch with, you know, I kind of expect, you know, because um, for me it's always been I, I'm not doing the artwork as a job in and of itself. So for me, it's supplemental to you know my my teaching, which you know is the thing that pays the bills. So for me, doing my artwork, it's always been I can pick and choose. So I don't have to do everything that comes my way. I mean, I don't have to have you know anybody to contact me and go, yeah, I have to you know do this, or that I'm you know actively seeking out bands just to do stuff for it. It's usually when I do things for a band, it's because I really want to do it for them. And a lot of times, I'll contact them in the first place. Um, and I think a lot of times people are are a little apprehensive to to ask me sometimes because. I don't know if they're, they're worried that you know I'm not going to want to, or I'm I you know I would charge way too much, but you know that's just not the case. I'm I'm always happy to do that, but um, I, I think more than anything, I'm the one who's pursuing bands. Nice. Well, I, I'm even more flattered now that you did my silly little uh, t-shirt <laughs> because oh, no, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, like like we we had talked on the phone for the new noise interview, and I, I just enjoyed talking with you so much. I was like, I I I've just I've got, I've needed new shirts. You'll be perfect with it. We got along great. Let's do it. And, and I, and I'm the one who's flattered that you were willing to do it for me. So. Well, thanks. Well, I'm, I'm always, you know, happy that somebody wants me to be doing something for You know, I, I think I I never take what I do for granted. I never assume, oh, well, there's always work or somebody's always going to want me to do things. I mean, that, I think it's being pretty egotistical. So anytime people do want me to, it's like, oh, cool, really? And and it seems like now, you know, and maybe it's just, again, because of the Internet, I see you working so much more. You could probably, you know, make a pretty decent full-time living off the artwork, but it is. It's just a hobby for you, right? Oh, or yeah, yeah. a hobby that um, pays money. <laughs> it does. You know, it, it pays now, which is nice because you know, in the early days, I never, I never would have even asked anybody for money. I mean, that would just seem preposterous. Well, and nobody had money. You know, you're you're doing a t-shirt design and, you know, a band's maybe going to sell two dozen of them. 
So right. who's making money off of that? You know, nobody is. So I would never have dreamed of asking for anything before. But now, you know, getting paid for it, it is. It's really nice because it is very supplemental to what I'm what I'm earning as a teacher. And somehow or another, having time to do it all. So since um, since it's not my my primary focus, you know, it can be more enjoyable for me. You know, I, I always thought, if well, and I always think back to Chuck Dukowski. Um, Chuck Dukowski was quoted, you know, early on with Black Flag. Somebody asked him, you know, Chuck, do you, do you have um, uh, you know, a job outside of doing Black Flag? And he said, Yeah, I'd always want to have a job outside of doing the band because if I didn't then the band would be my main focus and I would have to I'd, I'd have to compromise what I'm doing in order to make sure I was paying the bills. Nice. And to, to me, that was just, that was so wise, you know, it was like, I can do this and really enjoy it and it can be, it can be great, but I don't ever have to feel like I'm compromising just to get money. And, um, and I like that. I mean, that, that really, that was kind of an important thing for me to hear. Yeah. Um, so how how do you find time to balance between the two, uh, the teaching and the artwork? I, I assume, are you on summer vacation right now? Well, yeah, there should be air quotes around the vacation. Yeah. During the summer, I wind up, I'm directing a play during the summer. So, you know, I'm still, I'm still working that job right. during the summer also, but I don't, I'm not working as many hours. Typically, like during the school year when I'm, when I'm teaching and I'm directing, you know, I'm I'm working 12, 13 hours a day just there. So my other time, you know, getting a chance to do artwork is is mainly you know like weekends and during my lunch time. So I mean, I I don't I don't stop working a whole lot. You know, like if I'm on a planning period where I'm getting things together, I might have time to be sketching stuff out. And then during my lunch periods, I'm always drawing. And then I'll oftentimes have like maybe two hours in between school being finished and then having to start rehearsals in the evening time, you know, for plays I'm working on. So in that small window of time, I just try and get as much done. But I'm thinking about things, you know, constantly. Like when I walk the dog, I'm, I'm thinking about ideas about, you know, how can I do this t-shirt design or, okay, this one is going to be playing this festival. So how do we... How do we incorporate something from Canada again? You know, since they've played Canada like eight times. So I'm I'm always thinking about things and the actual execution. I try and squeeze in, you know, during during those very small off periods during the regular part of the time. And now that it's summer, I'm only directing. So you know that takes up about six seven hours of my day. I have plenty of time to be working in the evening time. So nice. it's it, it's pretty nice actually. Do you know how to relax? Do you know how to even have off time? Because it sounds like you don't have much of it. <laughs> oh, I don't have much of it, but it's it's great. Yeah, I totally, I totally relax. Um, last night, for example, my son and I put together, you know, a Lego piece that um, he had just got for the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and everything stopped. You know, like I'm not checking on things. I'm not, you know, looking at emails. I'm not on the phone. It's just he and I are just sitting down doing some Lego stuff. Then we watched a Godzilla movie at night, and, you know, I'm, again, I'm not doing anything else. It's just about spending time with my family, and that's that. And um, so, I, you know, and I, I, I do make a lot of time for my family, because ultimately, everything that I do is for them anyway. So if I'm working on artwork, I'm working on artwork, and I'm getting paid, but I'm getting paid to, to help my family so that, you know, we have money for, you know, if my son decides to go to college or if we 
one day can go on a vacation or something like that. You know, all of that's just going to, to help out my family. So, you know, I, I make sure that they're always my top priority. Nice, nice. Um, so I, I, we've talked now for about a little over half an hour. I, I guess it's time to start wrapping things up. Um, I, I, I was curious. We talked a little bit about the parody shirts in the New Noise magazine oh, uh, yeah, yeah. interview. Um, I don't want to rehash that too much, um, but I but I was curious. I own the uh, the shirt. It's Everything's Coming Up Millhouse. It's a Simpsons, yeah. Milo Goes to College parody. I love it. Is is there a parody out there that you actually like? God, I love that. I wish I'd come up with that. Oh, geez, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> that's you know, fair I enough. Love, yeah, no, that's, that's a that's a great question because like I've never really thought about it. I love Bob's Burgers, and mm. um, there's a there's a Tina Belcher one um, from Everything Sucks, and um, I think she's reading a magazine that says Everything Butts. Oh, and, um, yeah, I just, I love Bob's Burgers. So me to too. me, it's like, oh, that one gets a pass because that's pretty cool. It's Bob's Burger. Like, I yeah. like that. Um, I, but I don't know, not not really. I mean, you know, sometimes I'll see some that are fairly clever and I'll go, oh, okay, I hadn't thought of that before. And, you know, that, that's kind of cool. But, um, you know, for the most part, a lot of the, the, the bootleg type stuff that I see is, I mean, it's just a straight drawing and just some other band has put their name on it. So, you know, there's, it, oftentimes it's not really very creative. Um, yeah, and, and for me, the trouble is, okay, how on earth do you keep making that Milo look interesting or do something yeah. different? So, I mean, I'm always very, very, you know, attuned to what's going on, whether it be bootlegs or whatever else. Because I'm always looking for, okay, are there any good ideas that, that maybe will spur me to start thinking of something differently that I hadn't thought of before? So, um, you know, I, I'm always looking at that. But I don't know that there's any, like, one, you know, kind of um, uh, parody that I've, that I've seen that I've gone, yeah, that's perfect. Nice. Um, it, it's, it's a similar idea. I meant to ask this way earlier in the interview. Um, with, with all the stuff, I know this is a lot like asking what's your favorite child, but is there a, a certain artwork or T-shirt design or whatnot that you're most proud of, the one that, you know, hangs highest on the walls of your house? Hmm. Well, I, I think definitely at the time, at the, time the, the one that I was the most proud of was um, uh, an album cover that I had done for FFT Records. It was called FFT Acoustics. And the reason that that was, you know, so important to me was, um, you know, Greg Ginn had asked me to do it. And despite, you know, what Greg Ginn may be doing these days, Greg was always somebody that, that in the past I had a lot of respect for. You know, in the past, the things that he had done for Black Flag and with FFT Records in particular was, was mind-boggling. I mean, if you look at that early catalog of SST, I mean, you can't touch it. I mean, he had put out some of the most monumental records uh, of American hardcore. So when when Greg had asked me to do this record cover for SST Acoustic, he had said the idea was that there's a band on stage and the band was being unplugged, and then there's an audience kind of looking at him like, you know, what's going on? And I said, well, you know, who you want in the audience? And he was like, well, whatever, you know, just kind of, it's an audience. So I went, okay, I'm going to go ahead and put, you know, a bunch of people that I know in there. So my parents are in there, my brother's in there, um, you know, a bunch of celebrities are in there. And so, and, you know, I'm in the band on stage and, you know, a bunch of other friends of mine are the band that's on stage. And so for me, that was, 
that was a huge record because number one, you know, the guitar player of Black Flag asked me to do this and he asked me to do it for SST Records and I was given permission to include all of my friends and family on the cover. And, you know, that was huge. And and I still look back at that as being one of those ones that I'm I'm very proud of because, you know, including my parents mainly was like if it weren't for them, it wasn't for them getting me interested in, in drawing and supporting me throughout the year and always being very, very supportive of whatever I do, I wouldn't be doing the stuff I'm doing now. So to be able to kind of thank them by putting them on that, that was that was a really big thing for me. And and even still I look back at that and go, Yeah, that was pretty cool. Nice. Uh so what's so what's next for you? Do you have uh just more uh, t-shirts designs do you ever have any aspirations to do like a book or a graphic novel or anything yeah you know there had been there had been a little bit of talk about me doing a book not too long ago um of all of the well i shouldn't say all of them but a bunch of the um sharpie portraits that i've been working on um there had been talk about um putting a lot of those together and and having a book turned into that and um you know, I, I guess really I need to push a little bit more on actually physically getting some of the pages together, and I didn't. Uh, so I guess I, I guess when it comes right down to it, I love the producing of them, but I don't really want to put the book together. I kind of want somebody else to do that. <laughs> so um, until that time, there might be a book. I mean, there's enough material, um, certainly. And I've had a lot of people that have asked me about that, so... I guess at some point I need to get on that. Um, but there's always, I mean, I'm doing t-shirt designs and logos and stuff like that every day. This morning I was in touch with um, Stan Lee from the Dickies about, you know, possibly doing some upcoming artwork for the Dickies, you know, which is one band that I don't know why I've not done anything for before. I mean, they're, they're just monumentally great and have been since the get-go. So that would be one that I'm really happy to, to say, yeah, I, I did a t-shirt design for the Dickies. So we'll see how that comes out. But that was just this morning, just finally getting in touch with Stan after all these years. So, um, yeah, there's always stuff going on. Nice, nice. Um, so one last thing. I, I got to say, it, it's a breath of fresh air talking to you. It, it was amazing working with you. Uh, I highly recommend it to anybody else out there listening. Um, how do these guys, how can they get a hold of you uh, to inquire about your work? Usually through my Facebook page is the easiest way. I've got people getting a hold of me. Oh gosh! Every week I've got a few people getting a hold of me asking for commissions and things like that, and I'm, and you know just sending me a private message is probably the easiest way. And then you know we can work you know whatever out, whether it's um, just commission of doing you know drawing for just an individual, or if there's bands that are interested, you know you can always do the same thing and just contact me through my Facebook page. That's probably the easiest way. And you know I do tend to. Uh, I never ignore people, so even if somebody's just asking, you know, some random question, I do, I pay attention to all of that, because I figure if it was important enough to ask, it's important enough to get an answer. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I always, I pay attention to all that stuff. Cool, Chris. Um, well, I, I think that's about it today. I think we've talked for for long enough. Cool, thanks, Jamie. Well, all right, buddies. Chris. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Again, it was it's a pleasure to chat with you. I look forward to our future encounters in real life where I can shake your hand, give you a big old hug, and thank you so much for uh, everything you've done for me and Mostly Harmless, and not to mention New Noise. Again, if you uh, would like to seek out a copy of New Noise Magazine, my interview with him, you can find it at newnoisemagazine.com. You can uh, purchase an issue from there. Or if you visit mostlyharmlesspodcast.com, visit the web store, 
buy a t-shirt designed by Chris Sherry. Uh, they're only 15 bucks right now. Um, I will throw in a copy of New Noise Magazine number 10 with the Chris Sherry interview and uh, maybe some buttons and some other random goodies that I have laying around and left over from Denver Comic Con. Uh, again, I'd like to thank uh, Death Wish Copy for getting me wired as all get out. Um, visit them at deathwishcopy.com. Tell them Mostly Harmless Podcast sent you. And uh, visit mostlyharmlesspodcast.com. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. We're on Stitcher. Those links are all there. Or uh, leave me a little love letter. Tell me what you think about the show. Um, if this is your first time tuning into the show, please check out some of the back issues. We've got some great episodes with like Frank Turner. Um, the one I did, the interview I did 10 years ago with Wilhelm Scream is blowing up right now. Um, it's a double episode with Wilhelm Scream and the Ergs. Uh, that interview got like a, a thousand downloads in this last month and it's kind of mind-blowing that's something i did 10 years ago people are listening to now and who kind of kind of scary buddies uh, but again thank you chris uh thank you to the listeners i couldn't be doing this without you guys stay tuned uh next week we're gonna have some of the dimmer comic-con coverage popping up uh not too much stuff uh, videotaped or audio because most of my stuff was behind the scenes but i got some cool stuff coming up for you guys and uh without further ado um before I'm not going to preface the uh, ending outro song that we're going to have. with. Uh, we're, we're just going to go into a little crip clip of Chris Sherry describing why he thinks this song would be a good outro and a good song for the, this podcast. So uh, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you in the funny pages. Do you have anything you'd like me to play before or after? Oh, um, well, yeah. I mean, here's, here's just a couple thoughts for you. Um Descendants, I'm the one. Is, oh, of course. Is always one. Yeah, always one that, you know, is one of my favorites. Um, the theme from Shaft, uh, I, I, I decided a long time ago if I was ever a professional baseball player, you know, I come baseball players come up and play their theme song. The theme from Shaft would be me.
damn right. Who is the man that would risk his neck for his brother, man? Can you dig it? The cat that walk about when there's danger all about. Right on. They say this cat shaft is a bad mother. I'm talking about shaft. He's a complicated man, but no one understands him but his woman. 